Dance Song. Good morning and welcome to Wanda's Picks, a black arts and cultural program of the African Sisters Media Network. And that was Zion Trinity singing opening prayer to the African deity, Eshu Legba. A deity that lets us know that we always have choices. We are never victims. And I just want to encourage everyone to go see the new movie, Harriet. Oh, my goodness. It is such a wonderful, wonderful um storytelling of Harriet Tubman, someone that, you know, a lot of us, most of us have heard and know her name. But this story that's told is seeing, uh, I don't know, it's uh, really personalizes the story uh, really well and um, doesn't focus as much on the brutality as on the spiritual mission and encouragement that this woman who was really guided um, by a higher power uh, really trusted and um, and and did and didn't have any fear and she wouldn't let anyone keep her from her mission of rescuing and leading her people to freedom and oh man there's just so many great great uh, moments in the film and. You know, some of the more precious moments are the moments where, you know, uh, we see how much she loved her family, her husband, her siblings, her sisters, brothers, her father and her mother, and um, and just the 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 risks that she took. I mean, she jumped off her bridge rather than be captured. It was just amazing. And then uh, on on the converse, conversely, you know, seeing the brutality of of the institution of slavery and how it wasn't limited to men it wasn't limited uh to to white people um there were those um you know those of african descent who also participated but just showing the brutality and the callousness of the woman, the white woman, um, you know, who who owned her. Uh, wow, it's just such a marvelous, marvelous, marvelous film. Can't say enough about it. Um, and uh, and then I went to see a great play yesterday, uh, which is closing this weekend, um, coming up. A single black female at um, 
Lorraine Hansberry Theater, so you don't want to miss that. And we'll talk about that later. But right now, we are joined by Mina Morita. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just like, wow. We should talk about you. <laughs> I mean, we definitely could talk about <laughs> the uh, the box. You know, um, what is it called? Um, your oh, the Matchbox uh, Reading Series 2019, which wow features these phenomenal playwrights. Uh, Star Finch, I know her name, but I don't know the others. But I'm sure they're fabulous because yeah. <laughs> they're going to be a part of this series. <laughs> and yeah, it's all happening on one day, right? I mean, is this just all? Oh, it's no, no, no. Week, it's the sixth actually. Night. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a play being read each evening at 730 at Z Below uh, through Crowded Fire. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you're the fearless leader at Crowded <laughs> Fire, all women, <laughs> uh, theater company, and you just produce all these fabulous women. I mean, men too, but really like dynamite women <laughs> uh, playwrights, and and you also, you know, um, you know, sort of invest in this kind of, you know, um, artistic creation, which is really phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I mean, it's about, really for us. Tell us about the company, and and then tell us about Matchbox, and then Matchbox, and then I'll read your bio. Sure. I, it's Credit Fire is a vital organization um, in the sense that we're looking right now at the plays that exist, um, and for the last twenty plus years, we've been pushing through playwrights' voices who are the next generation, the new canon of the American theater. Um, you know, I we stand on the shoulders of amazing um, artists, and at the same time, it's about capturing what is happening here and now, um, and the complex experiences that are happening in the here and now, um, just by, you know, for example, opening our different social media feeds every morning, the type of news and the type of issues that are coming up have have existed in in one sense, but are very specific to our time. So <clears throat> we're very much interested in thinking about how plays are shifting and how narratives are shifting um, and how we define our value through the narrative, through the stories we tell about ourselves, through the stories we tell about others uh, in terms of understanding each other. So that's what Crowded Fire Center is. And we are really all about supporting playwrights from their early days through um, their, you know, now for many of them, the voices of the American theater. When I think about Christopher Chen, who is a local playwright who um, very much launched with Crowded Fire and is now in New York doing all kinds of things, um, or national, I should say. And Christina Anderson as well. We just um, produced Inked Baby, which is a play that she had um, done at Playwrights Horizons about 10 years ago, but we've done three productions with her. Christopher Chen we've done um, Chris Chen we've done um, you know as many plays as well so as we look ahead at Matchbox where we have about uh, four different plays by four playwrights um, some of these playwrights are, are folks we've worked with for a while um, and others are new to us and we're very excited about sharing their voices with the Bay Area and eventually you know um, creating this long-lasting relationship with them.
Right, yeah, yeah. I was wondering um, if you could maybe name some of the plays um, that Crowded Fire uh, produced uh, with Christina Anderson, besides, you know, the recently um, uh, produced um, Ink Baby, um, but the others, as well as, because uh, that's where I met her, <laughs> her work <laughs> at Crowded Fire, and even some that's of the great. same cast. You know, I've seen them in, in, in like, David, each play, yeah. there's a role for that person. <laughs> like I'm talking about It's David. true. <laughs> it is true. Um, you know, we become close, and you start to understand each other more deeply and can identify a shorthand or um, get into the, the nitty-gritty of things with people really quick when you have a relationship that's longstanding. So, yeah, we started with Drip, Christina Anderson's Drip, Um I, many years ago, and then um, we did Good Goods, uh, which mm-hmm. was a remarkable play, which included David, as you may mentioned, David Moore, um, and then Inked Baby, which also included David Moore, which was great, um, and, uh, you know, a, a number of other fabulous artists like Rondon Davis, Christelle Lewis, um, Jasmine Williams, and so I anticipate we'll have long relationships with them as well. But Christina's um, canon is just remarkable to see, you know, over time how um, th- th- it's so much about um, she's very uh, focused on black voices and black families and um, the black experience, the complexity of it, um, not simply as, you know, um, as we're often seeing on stages right now as victim or, um, you know, looking at black trauma, but actually looking also at um, the beauty of the black experience. And so, uh, you know, recently even she was mentioning right now as a writer, she's very interested in looking at black healing and black Mm -hmm. hope. And so, OSF, Oregon Shakespeare Festival, recently did How to Catch Creation, which many of your um, listeners may have seen um, as theater folks. Um, and that really centered that experience, that play. Mm, yeah. Nice. Well, let me tell our audience a little bit about you, um, because I'm sure this is the short version. <laughs> so Mina Marita is... Um, the artistic director, again, of Crowded Fire Theater, a critically acclaimed, intrepid, uh, intrepid female-led company dedicated to developing a fierce contemporary theater canon that reflects the plurality of our world. Previously, she served as the artistic, the artistic associate at Berkeley Repertory Theater and a founding member of its ground floor program. As board president of Shogun Players, is it Shogun or Shotgun? Oh, Shotgun. Shotgun, Shotgun. Mm-hmm. Shotgun players. Um, <laughs> as a 2014 Lincoln Center Directors Lab participant, as one of the founding members of Bay Area Children's Theater, as community arts panelist with the Zellerbach Family Foundation, panelist for the Getty Leadership Summit, and guest artist at UC Berkeley and Stanford University. She is a recipient of Theater Bay Area's 2014 Award for Best Director of a Musical, Tier one, tier two, sorry, and to and Theater Bay Area's 2016 40 at 40 award for her impact on Bay Area theater. In 2015, Mina was honored to share her story on TEDx, which I haven't watched yet. I saw it linked. <laughs> and in 2016, she was chosen as one of the YBCA 100 
for asking questions and making provocations that will shape the future of culture. So congratulations on all of this. And, Thank um, you. Yeah, yeah. So are you from here? Because um, I remember the last time we spoke, um, you were doing something um, at the Opera House, and that was a really big uh, collaboration, and um, and it was really, really beautiful. And it looked at community healing as well. Yeah, it did very much. I think that right now is something we all need um, so much of. Um, but, yeah, I'm actually from the New York area. Uh, so I was okay. born uh, in the state of New York in Long Island um, and then made my way here over now 15 years ago. So, um, yeah, I was one of the people who was envious and wished I had always grown up in the Bay Area. <laughs> so this is my home now. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So yeah, yeah. But you know, I think for me, the Bay Area um, holds something very special, um, which is is looking at how we might change things. Um, sometimes, you know, obviously we have massive issues with tech right now and um, displacement and gentrification, but I think deep within the soil of the Bay Area is um, a place of of both um, history and new beginnings existing at the same time. And this idea of the environment and the idea of a whole person, um, not just solely focusing, for example, on um, in an ideal world, um, tech or the arts or something like that, which can happen in other metropolitan cities when I think of New York, where I came from, but is really about like, how am I as a whole person within a family, within a community, um, you know, as somebody who also enjoys being outside as much as I do within the four walls of the theater and ex exploring my humanity and understanding um, how this area in connection with a global world um, is, is what's happening now. So mm, I'm happy mm -hmm. to be here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, I'm happy you're here too because <laughs> you're able to make all this theater close by. We don't have to travel across the country because <laughs> there's some great theater in Southern California and some very great theater in New York. Um but I'm so happy that a lot of, you know, the theater sometimes that we see uh, in New York started here, you know, in places like Crowded yeah. Fire, which is really awesome. And and I, I love it that um, the the uh, playwrights don't forget their roots. And so when you ask them to come yeah. back, they do. So it's like, oh, this is yeah. It's like a real artist home for many people, and I think, mm. you know, it's easy to keep looking at New York, but actually I think um, the the beauty of being an artist is you can be an artist in so many different places, and home can mean many different things. So, yeah, so even for, for Matchbox that's coming up, it's like we have mm -hmm. uh, a number of local playwrights, so this is very important to us as well in in. Um, supporting new voices. So, um, sh shall I talk a little bit about each of the playwrights yeah. too? Do you, okay, yeah, and, great. And their work too. So, yeah, it'd be super. 
Fantastic. Um, so on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, so in now three days from now at 730 at Z where we're hosting the readings series, um, Victoria Chongder is going to be presenting her play 39, which is about also very much about um, uh, a woman who is a person of color, who is a social justice warrior. And she's in the middle of trying to both um, get over grieving or for her mother, um, you know, be successful in passing some legislation um, and, is trying to find someone, a partner, someone, you know, is dating, is trying to find someone who she feels good about in a relationship. And while a number of different microaggressions are happening related to sort of gender and um, politics around her and how the, we're looking at how those things affect her. And what's fantastic about all of this is it just builds and builds and builds. And, and then suddenly she sort of starts to realize that she has a superpower and I'm not going to go into what that is, but mm. it's, it's a comedy, it's a romance, it's, um, absurdist in some ways, and it it um, she finds her own power, independent of her mother, of her dead boyfriends, <laughs> and awkward dates, and um, you know it's very much sort of uh, as Victoria will say, it came out. She wrote this out of a moment of supreme anger um, at the injustices of the world. So that velocity is definitely in the play, and Victoria mm-hmm. has. Uh, written for several Bay Area companies. So she's been a Playwrights Foundation resident playwright. Um, She's been with Playground. She's been um, working in the Bay for many, 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 many years. And um, she's very, we're very excited to be supporting her voice and her work. Um, And then we have Roxy Perkins, who actually grew up in the Bay, um, and she's also a remarkable artist. She recently won a Pulitzer Prize for her wow. writing the libretto, yeah, for an opera called Prism, uh, which just was also done in Brazil as part of a, a, a statement against the current um, leadership there related to sexual harassment and, and sexual um, abuse and trauma. Um, but the play itself is just, it's like, uh, it's athletic, it's Beautiful. I don't know if some of you may have heard or seen Crowded Fire's transfers, but Lucy Thurber has this incredibly muscular writing style that Roxy also carries, mm-hmm. of course, in her very own way. So on Thursday of this week at 7.30, again at Z Below, The Ballad of Haint Blue, her play will be read, and it's about a young single mom who teaches is trying to survive and teach her daughter um, a way to survive um, with an old family song um, um, about monsters. And what happens with these two is they actually meet someone who is unlike anyone else they've ever met, um, who, who comes from a different place where where kindness and generosity exists. And so it's about how do we, as a, as a community, 
perceive people who have um, PTSD or CPTSD and trauma in their lives rather than blaming them. Like how do we start to unpack their perspective? Um, and it's, it's a phenomenal play. Um, hmm. And then on what's um, Friday. What's oh, yeah. Uh, what's, I, I know uh, post-traumatic um, stress syndrome, but what's P- CPTSD? Yes, yeah, so I just learned about this actually. So um, Roxy was describing it as, you know, PTSD is when um, a specific trauma event happens and you're trying to get back yes. to what felt um, normal, for lack of a better word, or like what, what felt um, uh, like the, the space you wanted to be in, um, your original space. And then CPTSD is when the trauma happens so early on in your childhood that you don't even know what that is. Um, Mm -hmm. So the sense of trying to ground yourself in in an existence or go back to doesn't exist. So it's really this this, uh, not knowing of what what that might feel like um, Mm. with the people. Yeah, so so um, so what does the C stand for? I'm actually not sure. We were just, just talking about it as CPTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I should look that up. No yeah, I could look it up. Yeah, because I was just thinking. I went to um, a conference on um, on trauma and healing, um, looking at um, the uh, antebell- antebellum experience and enslavement, and and mm-hmm. um, and those kind of traumas, and not just that, but others. Um, you know. What happened to people, you know, in the Jewish Holocaust and other mm-hmm. other you know wars and things like that, and what happens to subsequent generations? And one of the presenters talked about um, how when he was being carried, like when he was, um, you know, uh, in vitro. I mean, not in vitro, but still within the womb. His mother was in a war. You know, she was, and he was, mm-hmm. and so there were some things that. You know her her emotional experience affected him, but he was pre-verbal. You know he didn't have mm. any language, and so all of this stuff came out much later when he was an adult in therapy. And I'm like, wow. Mm. So so his all of his his scholarship was around how how do you sort of unpack trauma like you're you know we're talking about now pre-verbal like before the child even has an experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it does affect, um, you know, the unborn and the newborn and the child. Mm-hmm. But the child doesn't know that this is, you know, that he or she is carrying this baggage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then there's, you know, in, in Star's piece, um, mm-hmm. which is slightly touched on, but it's epigenetic. So. You know, oh, the yeah. idea of yeah, generational trauma being held mm-hmm. over genetically um, mm-hmm. in memory is also, um, in, it all, and it all makes so much sense. I did look it up right now. Uh, it, the C stands for complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So okay. the idea is a trauma-related mental health condition that results from sustained abuse and powerlessness over time. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit more about yeah. about um, stars um, shipping and handling. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Stars is going to be on Saturday at seven thirty, and this is and what's fab- fabulous is Star has been part of Crowded Fires, what we're calling the Playwright R and D Lab, which has been meeting for the last two years. Um, once a month, and it was a group of um, playwrights, including Denmo Ibrahim and Nick Maluko, um, myself and Lisa Marie Rollins, and oh. um, you know we we really shaped the the group and the structure of it based on the needs of the playwrights and um, what their plays, how their plays were speaking to them, and what the plays' needs were. So this piece came out of a response to the shipments that um, Crowded Fire did in 2016, and in relationship to a talkback star and a number of artists' experience, um, where we had um, a white audience member take over the talkback, and we were all negotiating that. So um, there was a conversation following that event that happened um, outside of the theater, and that inspired her to write this piece. And the uniqueness of the piece is that she has it happening backwards. So we start with the patio conversation, go into the talk back, and then we actually see the show that everyone's responding to the play. Um, And it's really about, you know, how do we, what's amazing about the play she chooses to have in, in shipping and handling. So the play within the play is Mm -hmm. uncovering the parallels between artificial intelligence and actors. So thinking about how we, everyone's programmed to um, create emotional or spiritual responses, um, but also trying to imagine a future AI not based on, you know, primarily male, white, or Asian um, programming. Like when we think of AI where, you know, most of the stories, AI is taking over and it's, they're bad and they're, um, you know, enslaving humans. Um, But in this, future imagining. It's like, what if AI is actually programmed by black women? um, And what happens if it's actual AI that is spiritually um, beautiful and forgiving and generous and, and comes from a different place and provides a spiritual guidance. So um, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite remarkable to kind of, try to it's a very um, ambitious piece and it's trying to bring us into also a healing space Um, star you know wrote uh, the piece that banished darkness death become life what you saw at the baby opera house last year Um, and so this also is looking at um, healing um, as a place of where we land as a place for art um, and our responsibility as artists. So that's going to happen on Saturday. Um, we have oh. our first rehearsal tonight. And then oh, we have okay. one more play as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. What other play? Um, so the other play is by Sedef Aser, who was born in Istanbul. Um, the piece mm. is called At the Periphery and is going to be translated to English by Evren Ochkin, who is now the Associate Artistic Director at um, Oregon Shakespeare Festival and directed by Aaron Gilley. Um, the he piece is? is, 
Yeah. Oh, good for him. And, um, wow. Yeah, wow. That's, that's phenomenal. We are I know. <laughs> Bay Area is everywhere for a good mm-hmm. reason. And um, <laughs> this piece is uh, exciting, especially for us, because it's our first co-production with Golden mm-hmm. Thread um, Productions. And that reading will be on Friday, November 8th at 7.30. And it's about... Uh, migration story. So the idea of where do we make home and what makes a home home. Um, so it's it's a generational migration story. It's magical. Um, it's told in Istanbul's urban slums, and there is um, a, a woman who is able to grant wishes, much like Oprah, <laughs> um, who is Turkish, <laughs> who is um, featured and. Um, it's just, it's a beautiful storytelling piece. So that's going to happen on Friday. And Sadef is here Mm. from Paris actually joining us. So she's been with us for the last several days. will be with us for the week. Um, Mm. but she was born in Istanbul and so she wrote it in French ever in, and then it was done in, in Turkish, uh, and then Evren is translating from the Turkish to the English. So mm-hmm. um, it's been a very international <laughs> full week um, mm-hmm. with all of these themes and all of these incredible female playwrights, female identifying playwrights. Wow. So, yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. is really, really awesome. So um, how how does a person get tickets um, and where is um, Azibolo located? Yes. So um, tickets can be found on our website at www.crowdedfire.org. That's C-R-O-W-D-E-D-F-I-R-E.org. And if you click on the Matchbox Reading Series, you will be directed to all of the descriptions of the plays, and you can reserve your Mm -hmm. tickets. You can also get them at the door at Z Below. Um, And Z Below, let me get the exact address, is I believe, let's see, uh, 470 Florida Street in San Francisco, so um, right in the Mission District, um, and there's parking and all of that, so we encourage you to come. And the biggest and most important piece of information is all of this is free. So um, it's really important to us to have a full house because we are going to do um, some discussions after the plays and it's a chance for all of us to help um, shape and develop these plays that are um, in process. So if you ever wanted to see or hear or participate in that process, this is a great, great chance to do that. Hmm. Wow. It sounds like a phenomenal, fantastic program. Which, for um, like for instance, this particular series, um, how which number is this um, for the uh, the Matchbox reading? Like, how many years has this been going on? Oh, I think it's been going. You know, I actually don't have an exact year. It's funny that you asked that. I mean, it's been at least fifteen years. It's been okay. different types of things. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely since 2009, it's been much more of a new play development series where the playwright was centered. Before that, it used to be we have a resident artist company. It was much more of a lab for um, bringing work together, building work, um, de- sometimes devising um, and putting that work up um, in a lab mm-hmm. setting. So, 
Yeah. So it's been going on for years. <laughs> mhm. Wow. Yeah, well, congratulations. And it's always really wonderful to speak to you, and thank you so much for offering to come on and talk about uh, Crowded Fire's Matchbox play reading series. And it just sounds really phenomenal. There's so much happening. Oh, my goodness. The um, the Dance <laughs> Film Festival, um, uh, the um, SF Film, you know, uh, Documentary Stories, which concludes today. Um, at ODC, they're honoring uh, Merce Cunningham with um, other people sort of riffing on on his, you know, particular type of choreography. And then now we have Crowd of Fire's Matchbox playwriting, play reading series to add to like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> nice to have yeah. all these choices, right? <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely. Wow. Yeah, well, I look forward to um, continuing conversation, particularly about, you know, sort of your season, you know, coming up since, you know, you just concluded, you know, with your, your last play of, of this season. Looking forward to seeing, you know, what you all are going to have in store for us next because it's always wonderful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we'll definitely send you all the information. We have an incredible <laughs> season coming up, including at the periphery, which, you know, as part of the Matchbox will be a production, full-on production, mm. our first production. Nice. So, oh, yeah. Super. And when is that? Yeah. Um, that is going to be uh, opening, let's see, February. Let me pull it up exactly. Um. should know this off the top of my head um well i can get that to you and we can talk about it maybe next time i don't have it at the tip of my finger <laughs> sure no problem <laughs> people can go to a crowdedfire.org and find out everything they need to know so they can stay connected <laughs> yeah oh yeah we open on february 24th Okay, super. Awesome. Yeah, next year is a leap year. We get an extra day. <laughs> Some days I feel like I need that every week. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, good luck on your first rehearsal, and again, it's always Thank wonderful you. to speak to you. Wonderful to talk to you. Thanks for inviting us on. Have a great week, and hopefully we'll see you soon. All righty. Thanks, Mina. Peace and blessings. All right, take care. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. Good morning, um, Danica and Paige. How are you both? Good, Good morning. morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. And thank you so much, you know, for coming on the air on your off day, you know, to talk to us about Single black female. Oh my goodness! Woo-hoo. What a wonderful play, Lisa B. Thompson's, like directed by A. J. Mitchell, at the Lorraine Hansberry Theater in San Francisco, yes. in the Burial Clay, at the African American Art and Culture Complex. Um, wow! It is just oh, you all are just so great. I like you're such. I mean, it's just the way you just like it's a, it's a conversation length. Yeah. You know, afternoon yeah. or evening. Yeah. It's just like we're just like hanging out with you two, talking about everything that black women talk about. <laughs> but we don't get mm-hmm. to sit here and sit in the like middle class black women, you know, women with education, you know, right. uh, PhDs <laughs> and juris doctorates. And... <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, 
that date, Paige, that your um your character um uh SBF two. Wow, yeah. that was a lot of money. Okay. <laughs> you know, the, the beauty, you know, like yeah, yeah. And, and I just women love it do. That. We invest in these things. We do. Yeah, that's a big investment in for somebody you haven't seen clothes. yet. Okay. Yeah. It, it but is. it was a it's yes. a it's a blind date. I mean you met the guy online, like really? Online. <laughs> so I'm basing all this off of a photo. <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. And his bio. <laughs> you know? That's her like daily I mean, through the day, that's like the daily upkeep, like just being a woman. Right. Accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we we spent all that money, and men, <laughs> I'm not going to say what they do, but, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah, they don't, they don't invest that much. They don't invest right. as much as women do. Okay. Maybe yeah. some do. I don't know. Some, some. Yeah, we are in San Francisco. Right. Right. <laughs> Right, but the men you're looking for probably don't. <laughs> mm, okay. They got no yeah. body butter. <laughs> right. Yeah. So let me let me read your bios quickly, and then um, let's talk about about this this phenomenal work you know that Lisa wrote quite a while ago, and it has such currency. And I'm like, she wrote this back in 1998. Like, really? You know, at you know, she mm-hmm. produced it in a lab at Brava, and then had his, you know, debut the next year at Theater Rhinoceros, nineteen ninety eight, and here we are in two thousand nineteen, and it sounds like she wrote it today. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So Tanika Baptiste, uh, mm-hmm. SBF, a single black female number one. Uh, mm-hmm. Is grateful, she writes, and excited for her debut at Lorraine Hansberry Theater. <laughs> How has it been? <laughs> it's been a blessing. Oh, my God. It's the refuge I've been waiting for my entirety of my career in the Bay Area. And I say wow. that with the most humility as I can. But as a black woman theater mm-hmm. artist, it's just been like like a fresh breath of air, like, ah, you know. I, I really mm-hmm. respect the company. The company has just been, like, super supportive and um, professional and just, you know, they, it's high, it's like high art. It's like we're telling the story mm-hmm. and we're going we're gonna to give our best. We're going to, you know, all the resource, all the the energy, the per, the, the professionals that came together to put it together. It's, it's just been like, wow, you know, mm. I'm, I'm no, super great. grateful. That's great. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll be seeing you, seeing more of you, because <laughs> I'm sure the feeling is mutual. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And your regional so. credits include, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Your regional credits include Sister Act uh, as uh, Dolores Van Cartier, uh, yeah. Pittsburgh Community Theater, A Midsummer Night's yeah. Dream. You were Snout, First Fairy, Understudy, I at California the Shakespeare Theater. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you understudied, did you go on, though? I didn't go on, no. Oh, but we got really? to do a, we got to, I know, we got to do, like, an understudy rehearsal, like, two of them. So I got to, like, play mm-hmm. on the set. The set was, like, outstanding. So I didn't get to go on, though. <laughs> right. Yeah, I heard Miss Summer Night's Dream was really a beautiful production. I, I missed it, but I heard it was really lovely. 
Um, Smokey Joe's Cafe, BJ, Tri-Valley mm-hmm. Repertory, Violet, uh, mm-hmm. Lula Buffington, Landlady, Bay Area Musicals, Afton Q, Gary Coleman. Oh, oh my God. Really? You don't have to, don't have to say everything. <laughs> I've been working. Okay. I've been working. You've been working. <laughs> <laughs> and um mm-hmm. and you've um you were in the Wiz, Aunt M and Glenda at Black Repertory Group Theater. That was my nice. first show in the Bay, actually, it was it was the Wiz at Black Rep. Yeah. Oh, what year was show. that? Um, when I first came out here it was two thousand seventeen. I had just come okay. out here and I was I was on M. Yeah. Mhm. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, and where where did you um relocate from? Um it's it's an interesting story. I'm from San Diego originally, but I went to college at UC Davis from like 03 through okay. 06. I lived in Sacramento mm-hmm. a bunch of years and then I finally came to the Bay like mm-hmm. permanently in 2017-18. Yeah. Okay. So you know um Dr. Um Halifu Oshimare then? Yes. I took uh, yeah. hip-hop in an urban American <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She um, she retired a couple of years ago, but she's still doing it. She has a new book out, um, and it's in paperback now, and she just got the Before Columbus uh, Awards last Friday, San Francisco, wow. for that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's wonderful. And yeah. Paige, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I last saw you. You were a bird in jazz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were like, and you were a horse too, I think. Um, yeah, you were, I think, were you another thing? I know you were a few. I, you no, know, I was a parrot and I was golden gray. I was a man, a young man. Oh, golden, oh, golden gray. Right, right. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Your costumes were so awesome. Oh, my oh, goodness. Yeah. And you have such a beautiful amazing. voice. Yeah, Thank you. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Thank the rap. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that was fun. really great. The whole play mm-hmm. is so fun. Oh, my goodness. Isn't it but anyway, wonderful? Let me, yeah, well, let me work my way mm-hmm. through your bio page, and then we can have more fun talking about single black female. Okay. So you okay. are single black female number two, or SBF number mm-hmm. two. Yes. Which can stand for mm-hmm. other things. You know, the SBF stands for more than just single black female, you all tell us. Mm-hmm. And you are thrilled yes. to make your debut at Lorraine Hansberry Theater. Like, wow, both of you are making your debut. <laughs> yes. That's pretty cool. Wow, wow. That's a beautiful honor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you were in the Tenderloin Project at Cutting Ball Theater. That was really wonderful. And you've worked with African American Shakespeare Company, New Conservatory Theater, and Bay Area Children's Theater as well. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you probably you know Marita? You know, um, um, me and uh, Marita then maybe um, from uh, Crowded Fire. She was one of the founders of Bay Area Children's Theater Company. Oh yes. Oh, uh-huh. I didn't know that. Ah, yeah, I, I didn't either until I read her bio. That's, oh wow. <laughs> I mean, she was just on right before you all, and that's what made made the connection. Like, oh, wow, really? Oh, uh, so cool. Calling. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what was the attraction, you know, for this particular work? I mean, both of you, first time at the Rain Hansberry Theater, and um, both of you are just, you know, just so stunning. 
you know, as SBF1 and SBF2. I mean, you all just like, you. you know, like you've known each other all your lives, like two halves of the same persona. <laughs> really, really, really awesome. And, you know, just sort of going through the different, um, you know, um, episodes, it's almost like it's almost like a, a sitcom. You know, but wouldn't it be cool yeah. if there was a sitcom called Single Black Female? And, and we I mean, we ready. we ready. We ready, Tyler. <laughs> yes, we are, okay? We are ready. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So what attracted you to the role, and, and how was it working with, you know, AJ, and did the uh, playwright, did she come out and um, uh, and talk to you about the work? Hmm. You can go. Well, I'll, I'll okay. ask. I'll go. Okay. Well, um, what it to me, AJ, AJ Mitchell, our director, he reached out and he asked if I would be interested in um, auditioning and he sent the script and I read it and I was just like, these women are, these women are bougie. Okay. Um, interesting. But it, it, it was, it was a challenge um, that I, I was, the audition literally was right across the street from my house. I was like, I have to go. It's like right there. Um, mm. So I went, and then um, I recognized Paige because we had seen each other um, at, at different auditions, but the first time I saw her, she was Lady in Red in, uh, for Color Girls, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to work with her just based upon her performance and that. I was like, wow, that would be really cool if we end up booking this. And I remember at the end of that uh, audition, we, they asked us to stay back and mm-hmm. um, switch. Like we read further, and I was, and then we were just like, "We're gonna get this. We're gonna get this. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get this. Oh my god! Yeah, we yeah, we were. <laughs> and, then, and then we got the it. Chemistry like, too good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I just, I really, you know, I, my time in the day, I just respect. First of all, just being a black woman artist in the Bay Area, you know, it's, it's it's challenging. And so when I meet other women like me, I'm like, wow, go sis, like, wow. And I was just a fan anyway because she's just, she's just crazy talented. But this was something that, you know, this was, this was centered around the black woman experience, and they're both powerful, strong, educated, talented, beautiful women, and we don't get a lot of opportunities to play those women. You know, I was mm. Effie and Dreamgirls, and the whole show, I'm, like, crying and not and, like, you know, it's a beautiful <laughs> musical, but it's, like, like I'm tired of just being, like, beaten up emotionally, you know, and mm-hmm. it was an opportunity to just play a, a fully real-life black woman who's complicated, and there's nothing, um, there's nothing easy about this role. Like, there's, she's just a real person. And mm-hmm. you know, working with AJ was just amazing. You know, he's he's super um he's super smart and he mm-hmm. he he uh pushed us. He was just like, Don't or they, excuse me, they they pushed us, they were like, you know, okay, that's cool, but like let's let's try let's try something a little different or let's you know, how about that? Um there were times that he got on they got on my nerves. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. but I'm so happy that I had the experience <laughs> because <laughs> you know, and, and they mentioned that he's like, y'all rolling your eyes. <laughs> I'm tired. But, um, 
you know, it's just been a beautiful experience. I I feel much more empowered as an actor. Like I feel like I can finally I'm I'm an actor after doing this show. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So before um uh, before you respond, um, Paige, I was gonna ask you, um, uh, Tanika, who what role mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know that was you. I didn't remember that was you, Paige, as as um the lady in red. I mean, everyone killed it in that last production oh. of the Color Girls before yeah. and the Shaki oh, yeah. Gay cast. Beautiful. I mean that was so yeah. beautiful I mean it was um, you know, Thank with you. um Kendra Kendra um uh, Barnes, um, Kimbrough Barnes, oh, you know choreography, yes, Barnes. and yes, yeah, and then and then Barnes, yes. right, right, yeah, and then also the direction um, uh, was just, I mean, it was just like a shrine was there. It was just yeah, so, so beautiful. Yeah, it was just. I've never seen a Color Girls like that. And my favorite was yes, the one that Stanley did a long time ago Carter. when everybody mm-hmm. was in white. Remember that one? Did you ever see that no. one? That was really, yeah, um, that was just so brilliant. But I wanted to ask you, um, mm-hmm. Tanika, what what um, what lady were you? Lady in what color? Oh, I wasn't in that production. I I, I went and saw their first preview, but I've done the production oh, okay. in college. I was I was Lady in Green. Yeah, oh, okay. When I did mm-hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> so she's familiar. Yeah. She knows. Let me tell y'all real quick. I actually, after seeing um, African American Shakespeare production of Color Girls, I was so inspired. I was, and then mm. I think shortly thereafter, Itazaki um, had like, passed. So I had already mm-hmm. wanted to like, yep. do a production of it, but after that, I was like, okay. So we did a reading down in my hometown, and um, oh. I actually cast Reggie Bush's mom as my, my, my Lady in Brown. And so. Oh. Yeah, it was oh. crazy. This is how God works. So she was dating, she is dating uh, Andre Day's dad. And so Andre mm-hmm. Day and Reggie Bush showed up to our Tuesday reading. Wow. It was like super, but had I not went and saw African American Shakespeare for Color Girls and like just yeah. was super moved, like, yeah, that's how art works, you know? It just yeah, it inspires, inspires. It moves you to act. Yeah. To, you know. I encur- it encourages you. Wow. Yeah, well, I, I have another connection um, for yeah. you, um, uh, Tanika, um, uh, um, Dr. Um, Oshimare, um, you know, she and uh, Ntshaki Shange are really good friends, and Ntshaki Shange named her her name, gave her her name. And, wow. Uh, yeah, and, you know, Ntshaki Shange used to live here, right? Um, yeah, and so, exactly. yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 she had uh, Dr. Oshimari, you know, when she, because she's responsible sort of in, in maybe with some other people, but in, you know, developing an African-American, um, uh, I guess, program there at, um, at a, I guess, was it UC Davis? No, yeah, not Davis. Um, is it UC Davis? Is that right? <laughs> no, Davis. Davis. I think it's, I think it's Davis, yeah. Um and so, um, yeah, Ntshaki Shange was like one of the inaugural um, uh, people there, you know, to, oh, to start that particular um, program and uh, or school, you know, there at Whoa. the uh, at UC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. it's all connected. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, Paige, yeah. tell us about about.
about, you know, your attraction, you know, to the role? Um, uh, did AJ also invite you? Well, it's very funny because last year I had the opportunity of auditioning for a single black female as well. And, um, and it didn't go up. I don't know what happened. And Mm. I never received a phone call, but then I got invited this year and I said, I'm going, I'm going to go to this audition again and see what happens. Mm. (laughs) And thank God. Right. And so, uh, once again, just like Tanika had mentioned, um, at that audition, when I saw her again, it was just like such a blessing. It was like a, seeing her was a breath of fresh air and then mm. being allowed to stay with her was such an honor and work on, you know, the sides and see how we vibe with each other was great mm-hmm. too. Cause it was just, it was automatic. There wasn't yeah. any forced interaction. It was, and yeah. when you find that as an actor or just as an artist in general, you want to work with that person, yeah. you know, it was like, we, we, we have to do this together. Yeah. We have to do this together, you know? So, yeah. was, hmm. and, and it was just, it made sense. I was drawn to this piece because it reflected black womanhood and, and all the stereotypes that are placed upon us. And, and we weren't, I love how Lisa B. Thompson or Dr. Lisa B. Thompson spoke about black women, but we didn't just dwell on our sadness. Mm-hmm. We right. didn't, she didn't give us time to do that. Yeah. We would talk oh, about yeah. it, but then we jumped, we switched the subject real quick because yeah. I loved how forward her writing is. It just yeah. forces you to move forward through it all, through the pain, through the hardships, through the ups and downs. And that was another reason that encouraged me to be a part of this project. Because mm-hmm. I'm a forward thinker. Yes, and yeah, these women are <laughs> it's thank you, sis. And so are you, you know? And and it was just beautiful to be like SBF is SBF one's confidant. It's her alter ego, her intimate yeah. friend. Yeah. Her intimate friend. It's like her bestie and just to be a mirror for SBF one was I mean just drew me to this piece as well, you know, because I believe in those kind of relationships in my life. If I don't have those kind of relationships where I'm, where I can see myself in someone, I don't want them in my life. (laughs) So, and so it was, it was an honor to be able, it was an honor to have that be prevalent for us personally and within the script. Yeah. Um, Wow. I couldn't do this without her and she couldn't do this without me. Absolutely not. And through their you know, and through their through their through their friendship they were able to grow and harness, you know, all of their issues. That's what helped mm. them withstand what they were going through in society. So right. in spite of them being single black females, you know? They had mm-hmm. each other. Well, they right. Have yeah. Mhm. Yeah. So they're not really single, so, so to speak. Exactly. Correct. They're not really single <laughs> so to speak because they have each I, other. I, I just, I just got, so, I just got that just now. It's like, oh. <laughs> mhm. 
that's my best friend. That's my right. intimate person that I go to. I'm right. I'm her alter ego, and she leans on me for strength, and I do, and vice versa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not girlfriends. I love that. I love the uh, <laughs> the scene. You know that talks about you know girlfriend and how that's really you know uh, a um, uh, a sort of a warning word, you know, it's like, like, like mm-hmm. okay, give rid oh, of the yeah, duck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we when yeah. we were in rehearsal with this production, I remember uh, AJ asked us. He said, well, "What do you think this play is? If, what do you remember? What do you think if you had to identify oh. this play? What do you think it is?" You think it's a drama? Do you think it's a comedy? And then we were like, yeah, we think it's both, you know? And I personally believe it's multiple plays within one play. Mm -hmm. You have all these different vignettes, you know, that put you through all these different experiences. Right. And so it was just, yeah, I really liked how he allowed us to play within these different worlds. Yeah. There was a point in which I, like, I was super sad as we went through some of this material. And then it kept having to remind us that it's a comedy. <laughs> because it's like, oh, right. oh my God. <laughs> I was going through it. Like, whoo. And then once I was like, no, it's a comedy. Okay, but there's, like, there's pain, but, you know, the truth, find the truth. And then the comedy mm-hmm. will, you know, come. But mm. as we as we went through all these vignettes, oh my goodness, I was like, because you you start feeling, you start seeing yourself, and you start mm-hmm. seeing like that's what happens. Like all, yes. <laughs> or you see your mother, or you see your grandmother, yeah. or you see your aunt, yeah. or you see your sister, or your godmother. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa! This is too close to home. Yeah. This isn't too mm-hmm. close to home, but through <laughs> comedy. Because yeah. it's through comedy, and it, right? Mm-hmm. But, oof, I tell you. Yeah. Yeah, it's so this funny. This is one of the most you know, challenging sort of... things I've ever done in my life. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's been I one agree. of the most challenging productions I've ever done in my life. Because yeah. it's mm. about, the I have been a single black female for most of my life, okay? Mm. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, <laughs> so when you get to do a piece that reflects you, and yeah, okay, I may not be of that status or caliber of women, but I can relate. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's the beauty in this. You can relate no matter what your ethnic background is, no mm-hmm. matter what, how old you are, you know, you can relate. So. Mm-hmm. It's just been fun embodying all these different women that I've been, you know, that I've seen throughout my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And men, and men for me, and men. I'm like, oh. Oh, and right. Men. And- <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's kind of like we're okay. So in a nutshell, it's kind of like there are two women on stage, but there are multiple different people on stage. And you have to be aware of who you're talking to and who you're responding or reacting to. Yeah. Because it's, sometimes it's not SDF1. I'm responding to a doctor or a guy mm-hmm. on the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. I love that she allows the actors to really focus and be present with each other. Right. She requires that in her, her writing. Your friend that came last night was like, when you guys came out and did the bow, I was expecting more people to be <laughs> doing you guys on the stage. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot of people That's who a, join us on yeah. that <laughs> A lot of character embodiment. Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the set is really nice, you know, with, um, you know, those, um, the bookshelves with the cubbies and all of those, you know, the clothes, changing clothes and, and and the clothes on the rack, and then there are these portraits, and and then there's like, you know, um, the yeah. different beverages, and and then and then there's you know the screen where we see you know what you all are talking about, like Oprah comes into the room and these other <laughs> folks come in the room. But I really like it when the men come in the room. You know, the Malcolm X, but not that Malcolm <laughs> oh, X. Yeah. That's like. That's like, and it just goes on and on. That is so nice. I love that particular uh, vignette. That is the longest scene. It's the longest (laughs) vignette in the entire show. Okay. It's really good because I love the honesty, you know, as you all sort of, you know, sort of run your romantic history, you know, and you talk about, Mm -hmm. well, maybe you should have gave him another chance. You know, the one who dressed weird, not weird, but he was... You know, he he wasn't like he didn't look good. You know, on your arm or you on yeah, he would kind of embarrass your. Uh, was that single black female? Um, yeah, Charles. <laughs> Charles, yeah. right? The nerd, mm-hmm. the scientist, mm-hmm. the nerd, exactly. <laughs> yes, the nerd. <laughs> the keeper, right, that, that right. That's the one she should have kept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah. Is it though? I'm still hmm. like, I know. Oh. I'm a that. Don't settle, girl. Well, that's true. I agree with you, sis. I agree. But then when you, but but your line when you're like, I saw him with his wife, and she had him in immaculate uh, banana mm-hmm. public wear. You know, like you can help right. your man. That's true. You can stick by him through his nerdiness. You can grow that's with very, him. That's very true. <laughs> you can't change. You can't change him, but you can make suggestions. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he, the banana republic, he gonna wear with a next chick like my ex. Next topic. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the relatives, you know, that come in into the story, you know, the grandmother, oh, yeah. you know, going over the house and all the aunts. That, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, so the accuracy the of that scene. Oh. You're going to say about the playwright? Or yeah, her niece, came, her niece came, oh. um, mm-hmm. and she told me that Paige is, like, spot on with the auntie. Like, oh, her all horror. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty incredible. You, that was... Thank you. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. And then and then you know, um, you know, talking about um family well, you're talking about um marriages that have longevity, you know, um, you know, fifty years, forty something years, uh, and you know, just mm-hmm. the the sweetness of that and 
and you know the whole scene around around you know pops and 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 yeah. the watching you know the video was that is that the playwright's mother and father dancing? No, I don't think so. No. Oh, that's no, really no, nice. Those sure. couples dancing at at an anniversary it looks like an anniversary event. Yeah. And we, yeah, we and you all. Sorry, say it again. Go ahead. I, I'll wait. No, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just saying we always kind of ask somebody to dance with us. Mhm. Yes. You know, during that scene, which is kind of yeah. cool. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, AJ it was, recommended yeah. that. Mhm. Yeah, it was unexpected, which was really nice. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone wants to get up and dance, and that's, that's okay. So true. <laughs> it's like you want, would you like to dance? They're like, no. If we have to dance, you want to dance with us? Come on and dance with us. <laughs> How many times do you need to dance with a single black female? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's so funny, though, Tanika. You have on a hat and a suit (laughs) when you're dancing. Yeah. (laughs) I like that little suit. I'm trying to buy that from them. That's cute. That's funny. Yeah. So I was wondering um, if you want to... Maybe uh, share um, a scene with with the audience so they can get a, a taste of what it you know just sort of your voices you know in um, uh, in conversation with one another. Um, okay. Which scene? Um, oh, um, I don't know the, the opening. Uh, maybe. Well, we have some. You want to do the opening? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. That's okay. Oh, do you, you want to okay. say this? Well, yeah, you can't okay, say up. those on the air, uh, so that would mess up. Okay. Well, what do you want to do? Um, okay, well, let's just say, let's just do it to, um, you know, yours, that blue okay. funk. Okay. Uh, opening. Okay. <clears throat> Open. We're ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We are often asked what SBF stands for. Those three letters represent many things. Sisters, black and free. Sincere, blissful friends. Saucy, brazen freak. Staying black forever. Awful, bold and fierce. Sad, blue funk. That's it. That's the (laughs) prologue. We're going to stop right there. Yeah. Cause. We. <laughs> oh, you want to do the other one? Yeah, we can. I mean, we can keep going. After we can just. Uh-huh. We're fine. Okay. That's so good. you. We can do it all over again, and we won't. Well, I just won't say that other line. We'll just go into the okay. other line. Okay. We'll okay. Just go into Weeby. Okay. We are often asked mm-hmm. what SBF stands for. Those three letters represent many things. Sisters, black and free. Sincere, blissful friends. Saucy, brazen, freak. Staying black forever. Soulful, bold, and fierce. Sad, blue, funk. We, we be, be uh, us the single, single black, black female. Diva! 
to hear us. You undoubtedly <laughs> heard of the black male crisis. Well, there is also a very serious crisis for the black woman. The mm-hmm. National Center for Health Statistics informs us that the marriage rate for white women is 76% higher than black women. Teach. According to the U.S. Census, 41.9% of black women in America have never been married. Damn. And 57% of black children reside in single-parent homes. Now, what if the sister has a college degree or two? Or three? She's more likely to be hit by a meteor than find a husband. What happens to the black family if we don't find love? What will happen to the African-American legacy? Tonight, let us introduce you to the world of the single black female. Wait, this ain't sex in the inner city. That's another show. Let's be more specific. Welcome to the lives of single, middle-class black women. Remember Ellison's Invisible Man? Well, we are the Invisible Women. Black professional intellectual leftists with conservative fiscal ideology. Except for a sale at Barney's. We're the new Negro, African-American black color girls who only consider therapy. And even though nobody wants to hear us, we are tired of being ignored. We will no longer be quiet. You're anything but quiet. Sullen or remote when angry, but never quiet. You read about that. Still, nobody wants to see us, let alone really think about us. But it's about time we get some accurate press. We must thank Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas for putting us on the map. Right. Before his dreadful Senate confirmation hearing, nobody thought we existed. We still believe you, Anita. And then we had Condi Rice to thank for making us popular the world over. Isn't she single, too? Maybe if the child could get her hair right. Don't talk about Condi now. That might prove a little too dangerous. True. People, before Miss Oprah Winfrey became a media icon, the image of black womanhood was a bit stale and not very complex. Yes, who can forget the long reign of Aunt Jemima, Sapphire, or Jezebel? Now, we can see there were a few bright moments, especially during the late 20th century. The 70s gave us Julia, thank God for the late lady Diane Carroll. The 80s gave us attorney Claire Hustable, a Cosby creation. Mm. But the 90s gave us. The Supreme Ringmaster, Jerry Springer. Jerry, 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 We still haven't recovered from that hot ghetto mess, and we cannot neglect those hoochies shaking their rumps on TV. Why would anyone go on those shows? Dance in those videos. I can't understand it. Now, we do get some occasional exposure to remind us that black middle-class women are part of the American dream. 
even in the 21st century, a black bachelorette can get a faux happy ending? That's because they believe no man would want us. Even if we come with a million bucks, all we get is flavor of love. Flavor, flavor. That's some bullshit. No, we're not in style. And we are not all the same. But we are looking for the same thing. To put it simply, love. Unfortunately, our generation is more single than double. This is her story and mine. And hers and hers and hers. And maybe his too. Our story. Well, at least what they're willing to share tonight. Come Come on on in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what an invitation. The whole play is just, you all are just so phenomenal. Um, Are there any particular um, uh, vignettes that you found um, harder than others to um, uh, to to do and um, and uh, or some or to come out of mm. that you didn't that you haven't already spoken about. Mm. Hmm. Uh, let me think. Because you were talking about I mean, how you were crying track- a lot, um, Tanika. Tanika. Yeah. Mine was definitely uh, the end of Act One. Sorry, Paige, did I interrupt you? No, no. Okay. Um, end of Act One. I did. I do the. You know what I mean. The aunties and all that. Yeah. Because yeah, we're you know I just had this conversation with my mom earlier. It's like we were not made to be alone. You know. Mm. So yeah, you Mm -hmm. definitely have your. Your times, your summer times, you're like, hey, I wish I just had somebody to help me carry this watermelon up the stairs real quick, you know, just or come to the opening night or, um, you know, just moments you wish you could share, you know, with somebody special. And so that definitely touched, you know, when we were work as we were working through it, I was mm-hmm. like, oh. and I and AJ was like, you're fidgeting, stop fidgeting, because I was so uncomfortable with it and mm. when I finally just stood still I the tears just came out because it's like man this is this is too close to home right now you know mm-hmm. and I know I'm not the yeah. only person that's going through it but so that was that was probably like the most challenging for me hmm. Hmm. I yeah. would say for me what was challenging was uh I I naturally tend to have a squeaky voice, so they wanted me to lower my pitch as a 35-year-old woman, <laughs> and <laughs> because when we be in rehearsal days, a 35, no, you can't, you can't speak like that as a 35-year-old, you have to have more, I don't know, no, more not more bass, but I guess more groundedness, so that was challenging just being mindful of the tone of my voice when I'm mm-hmm. speaking because you know and when I'm acting like older women not all older women have squeaky voices high pitched uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess you had to imagine like... yourself in the in the uh, courtroom huh oh right yeah just imagine myself in the courtroom as an attorney. 
<laughs> Winning my case. She's going to be 35 with the same voice, though. That's the funny part. You're going to be 35 with the same voice. Right, where are your bass at? (laughs) Here's my bass, darling. Yeah. But I was just thinking, um, Tanika, that in that particular, you know, um first scene when um you know, um, you know, SBF one and two are, are speaking uh about um sort of um just how um in demand, you know, you know, black men are, um and and, and how it doesn't matter, you know, like, you know, the example of um what Hollyfield and um uh and who was the other person? Uh Mike Tyson, um, you know, having wives that are physicians and oh, yeah, yeah. and how and how, mm-hmm. you know, professional black women who are middle class um are expected to um I mean it's not nothing wrong with a blue collar you know, work. I mean, it's all you know honorable. But if the person has nothing in common with you, why should you, you know, mm. just to have a relationship, you know, sort of compromise the things that make you happy? Because mm-hmm. you know you Ooh. have nothing in common with this person. And so, just that whole mm. section there is like, yeah. So you know, well, I'll choose to be alone um, as opposed to being miserable. Right. Yeah. I mean. For me, you know, my my man is my relation, my my career right now. So, mm-hmm. um, easy. But I think some women do just say, "I well, I just got to be with somebody," you know. Mm-hmm. And then they just be in these toxic black hole relationships. <laughs> mm. and, and it's not worth they, it. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> all you have to do is wait. Be patient. <laughs> Right. But, Work on yourself. But, you know, we want instant gratification. We want yeah. instant gratification. We don't believe in the delayed gratification. I think that's what's worthwhile. Yeah. So, you know, this is just me and my personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you both so much, you know, for joining us to talk about um, Single Black Female at the Rain Hansberry Theater, uh, 762 uh, Fulton Street in San Francisco, and um, uh, let's see, you all are up, um, let's see, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, Saturday you have two shows, Friday at 8, um, mm-hmm. Saturday, is it Saturday 3 and, and 8, or is it 2 and 8? 3. 3 and 8, Saturday. 3 and 8, okay, mm-hmm. and then Sunday the 10th is closing at 3 p.m.? Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah, and people can get tickets by going to, um, let's see, LHTSF for Lorraine Hansberry Theater, SF for San Francisco, dot O-R-G. And uh, you can also call area code 415-474-8800. And there are discounts for students and seniors, um, but the ticket prices aren't that much anyway. What is it, like $42 for adults? Please, though. So. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's well, it's well worth your time. It's, it's you all are just so phenomenal, and 
And I'm really happy that, you know, Lorraine Hansberry Theater, you know, is back, you know, with a season. Yes. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's really, really great, you know, full board. You all are like, it took a minute, mm-hmm. you know, sort of, you know, but, yeah, in the meantime, um, you know, you know, the people that have been, you know, following the theater, um, you know, um, you know, need to reach out and, and share um, information about this wonderful play with others, and you know, mm-hmm. bring 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 your friends because it's just so right. fun in the theater with other people because everybody's laughing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just really, yeah. really wonderful. It is very. It's an adult play. I mean, you know, um, yes. young people. I found like I found kids. the ticket prices. Oh, okay. What are they? Adult adult tickets are thirty five dollars. Senior oh, tickets are twenty five dollars. Okay. And student oh, wow. tickets are fifteen dollars. Okay. okay, so, so it's this is a an affordable show. Yeah, thirty-five, twenty-five, That's really affordable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know we don't have a lot of black, um, you know, theaters, um, equity theaters. So definitely need to support Lorraine Hansberry Theater. That's right. And, um, by buying tickets mm-hmm. and, but more so filling the theater because I'm sure as you know as you know, the actors, you know, you want to look out and see people in the seats, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And yes, this is a show I'm so proud of. Like, I want y'all to come see this. This, I mean, you're just going to be, you're going to have a really great time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody. It's such right. an empowering yeah. piece of work. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's such a, yeah. And, and one thing that uh, Tamika and I both uh, agree on is, you will be seen. You will be heard. You'll yeah. see someone that you grew up with, whether it's your mother, your grandmother. And right. Dr. Lisa B. Thompson pays homage to women of all walks of life and yep. men, not just women, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So everyone's invited to come see this production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, have a wonderful, um, you know, closing weekend, and and thank you so thank much you. for this conversation, and congratulations yeah. on your Lorraine Hansberry Theater debut, like both of you. Like, wow! <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That thank is you. so thank awesome. You. Yes, and have a good rest of the day. And again, thank you again thank so much. You. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. 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 So we are going to close with um, Ruthie Foster singing Truth. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in for another edition of Wanda's Picks. And, um, yeah, Single Black Female by Dr. Lisa B. Thompson, directed by A.J. Mitchell at Lorraine Hansberry Theater, uh, closing this weekend. So you don't want to miss it, Friday, Saturday, two shows on Saturday, and Sunday matinee. Uh, visit uh, lhtsf.org and, and definitely bring some friends because um, um, it'd be great for the weekend to sell out because it's a really wonderful production and it's more fun with more people. All righty, you take a care. Here is uh, Ruthie Foster. Truth. <laughs>
You can't. 